ועמות קופה ועמוד א', Suffering in the Subconscious, עד שאומר רוצה אני. Here we have the very, very famous Rambam that we'll be learning, but I want to use it to understand uh, something a little bit different from the way it's, uh, it's, it's normally used and applied, or something additional to the way it's normally used and applied. Starting with a posuk in Vayikra, אם עולה קורבנו מן הבקר זכר תמים יקריבנו. If a person brings a korban עולה, uh, then he shall bring a male animal, perfect one. אל פתח אוהל מועד יקריב אותו לרצונו לפני השם. Before the entrance of the oil moed, in other words, in front of the main mizbeach, he shall bring it uh, as a korban lirtsono, uh, simply translated to the will of Hashem, according to the will of Hashem, uh, before Hashem. Uh, but Rashi brings our Gemara, as we're going to see, yakriv oto, melamed shekofin oto. So from yakriv oto, we learn that we force him to do that. If a person brings an, brings an Olah, or is dedicated an Olah, we, we force him to actually bring it. Yakriv oto, we'll see in the Sifter Chachamim where that's learned from, but it implies no matter what, he will. So that's how you, you would emphasize, not he will bring it, or he should bring it. Yakriv oto means he absolutely will bring it, no matter what. Yachol bar kochod, does that mean we force him? But the Rashi's just said, Melamed Shekofin Oto, yes, you force him. Echol bar kochol, by force, against his will. Talmud lo malir but it says it's got to be according to his will, implying his own will. He must do it willingly. Haketzad kofin Oto, at yomer It's possible to, to integrate these two extremes, this paradox. One can force him until he says, Rotzeani. And the Sifte Chachamim explains how it's learned. Um... And, and, and where it comes from. And the, the source for this is Algamar and Yavomus and various other places in, in Shas. Tan uh, Rabbonu, we learn in a brighter. Chalitza mut'et k'shera, get mut'e pasu. If you do chalitza with, with an error, there's certain mistakes in it, it can still be kasher, but a get, uh, if there's a mistake, such a mistake, it would be pasu. Chalitza mu'usait psula. Mu'usait means by force, uh, under pressure. Chalitza, which is done under pressure, is pasul, get museh kasher, a get under pressure is kasher, hechidami, ida, marutzehani, asked the Gemara, what does it mean? If he said, I, w- I want to do it, I feel chalitza nami, then if he does chalitza, even if he's uh, forced to do it, but he says, he, he reluctantly agrees to do it, that would be kasher, vilo merutzehani, get nami lo, and if he doesn't say, I'm willing to do it, then again, also not, hachikama, chalitza muted lo lam kasher, we get muted lo lam pasul. Uh, a chalitza that is by mistake is always kosher, and a, a, a get which is by mistake using specific mistakes that the Gemara is talking about is always pasul. Chalitza muset, get muset. But if chalitza or a get is by compulsion, zimnim kasher v'zimnim pasul. Sometimes it's kosher, sometimes it's not. Had amarotzani, had lo amarotzani, depending on whether the compulsion brought him to say, I'm willing to do it. Tatanya Yakrivato Malamed Shekofinoto Yachol Bar Kocho, and the Gemara brings up Sukim. You force him, maybe that means Bar Kocho, Tamud Lomali Tsuno, Haketzad, Kofinoto Ajumarotsani, Khenata Motsebigite Nashim, Kofinoto Ajumarotsani. The same applies by Gideon, even though a get has to be voluntary, and if a person doesn't give a get voluntarily, the get is not valid. Nevertheless, you can force him until he says Rotsani. This is another great example of Gemara reasoning where the Gemara moves us away from binary thinking. It's either this or it's that. 
which is the cause of enormous amount of mistakes that we make with our lives, that we make in leadership, in business, that we make in halacha, this, this thinking that things are binary. It's all, either this or it's that. It, it's either forced or it's willingly. No, it can be forced and willingly. That's the shnek tuvim habayim machishim shlishi. The way we think in Gemara is always to seek the third dimension that resolves an apparent paradox between two poles. So when you've got a polarity, you've got two things that seem to be irreconcilable. It says, How do you put them together? There's a katuva shlishi. You force him until he says, There's something in the middle. There's a spectrum of completely by force and completely voluntary. There's a spectrum in the middle of a person who is gently persuaded. You know, like in, in The Godfather, uh, you make an offer that you can't refuse. So you accept, you agree to the office. You agree, you agree to the office offer, even though you can't refuse. You have no option but to agree, but still you agree. So that's somewhere on the spectrum from compulsion to, vol to volition. There is a spectrum. And, and in Gomorrah, we often do this. Uh, it's a really important skill in thinking to be able to take a binary position and stretch it out into a spectrum and understand positions on that, on that spectrum. And then there comes the famous Rambam in Hilchus Girush and Perik Beis. Um, and, and he says, you know, the Beis didn't can force him until he says, Rotsani. Why is this get even kosher? The fact is, he's being forced. The term anus, it was done by force, only applies when somebody is forced to do something that he's not chayav to do from the Torah. He's forced to agree to a contract. He's forced to uh, marry his daughter off. There are things that he's forced to do, that it's not a chiyuv in the Torah. Person is forced until he agrees to sell or to give a gift. But if the Torah says you must do it, and it's just your Yetzah Hara that's holding you back, and you're forced, that's not called being forced. You're being forced to do what you have to do. That's not called being forced. Being forced is being, you're being forced to do something that you don't have to do. And so now, so why are you doing it? Because I'm forced. But if you're forced to do something you do have to do, why are you doing it? Because you have to do it. So it, it's the, the, in any case, the Torah compels you. He caused it. The reason he's being forced is because he resisted. That's such an important principle as we're going to see in a moment because it is the underpinning philosophy of suffering that, we, that we're going to be looking at, at here. Um, uh, uh, I've mentioned to you before that, uh, that, that Lahavdil, Buddha, three, two and a half thousand years ago, gave his whole life to figuring out what is suffering and how can you avoid it. And the whole of, of the Buddhist philosophy, I'm not talking about the religious practice, I'm talking about the philosophy. The whole of the Buddhist philosophy is about that. Here you'll see in a few words of Rambam, what is suffering and how, and how can you avoid it? Therefore, this person who doesn't want to divorce his wife, he does want to be part of the Jewish people. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the Beisdin talking about a get. He would just go his own happy way. The fact that he's in a Beisdin talking about a get means he wants to be part of the Jewish people. What does being part of the Jewish people mean? It means I'm committed to the mitzvot. So if a person says, yes, I identify with Judaism, 
That means his neshama wants to do the mitzvot because there's no other way to identify with Judaism. Um, he doesn't know that maybe in his mind. He thinks I can just identify culturally, but there is no such thing as identifying with Judaism without committing to the mitzvot. So, he, so what you're saying, therefore, is I am committed to the mitzvot. It's his yetzahara. He hasn't been educated that way or he hasn't been raised that way or he wants to continue eating tray for being Mechalal Shabbos. This is, it's not because he doesn't want to be part of the Jewish people. He's, just, he's got a yetzahara for those things. Like, like all of us, we've got a Yetzirah sometimes to talk Lashon Hara. We've got a Yetzirah sometimes to say something which isn't 100% honest. Does that mean we're not part of the Jewish people? Does that mean we're not religious? No, we're, we're all committed and we all have different levels of observance. Some of us observe everything except a few little things. And some of us observe nothing except a few little things. It's a spectrum. And we're all somewhere on the spectrum. The only people who are not on the spectrum are people who marry out. And the Osameach says, there's a beautiful Osameach. I was working through it this morning. I couldn't take my mind off it. it was, it's so beautiful. That's why I mentioned it down here. Anybody who's got time should go through the Osameach. And where he says, if a person actually says, I don't want to be part of the Jewish people, he marries out, for example, or he, he converts, then this doesn't apply. This is only for people who want to be part of the Jewish people. If they want to be part of the Jewish people, then their observance is somewhere on the spectrum, like all of ours. That's important to remember. We're all on a spectrum of observance. None of us are 100% from. We all have the things we don't keep. So we've got to be very careful when we look down at people who don't keep more than we don't keep. It's just a position on a spectrum, uh, except for the person who's opted out. You've opted out, that's different. And since he's been given a, a, a beating, until his Yetzahara becomes weakened, finally says, okay, I'll give the gift. Will you give it willingly? Yes, I'll give it willingly. Now that's considered that Gerash Lirtsono is considered that he divorces willingly. Uh, again, that willingness is on that spectrum. It's not on the extreme of compulsion. It's not on the extreme of voluntary because he wouldn't have had to be beaten if it was at the pole of totally voluntary. It's somewhere in the middle. And the Achronimia, the Osameach, and others talk about um, the, the fact that this is the case often. For example, the Chiyuv, they talk about the fact that we have an obligation to be to do Tochacha. If you see somebody doing something wrong, um, a lot of the Achronim learn it from, from here, link it to here that you give somebody Musa. Are you forcing him to do the mitzvah? And uh, you're influencing, you're forcing him, you're insulting him, whatever. It doesn't matter. We have a responsibility to one another to help each other over our Yetzirah. And I'm going to explain that uh, uh, here, what, what that really means. There's an amazing piece in the, the Reish Chochmah. I've spoken to you about the Reish Chochmah before. Um, uh, uh, Viro is the the origin of the Kabbalah that we have today, and he was a big uh, a, a big Baal Musir, um, a Talmud of Rabbi Shlomo Alkabetz, part of the Tzfat group at the time of the Mechaber of the Shulchan Aruch, uh, and he had a number of Talmudim. One was the Arizal, one was the Reishis Chochma. The Reishis Chochma regards the Ari also as one of his Rabbeim, and he has a beautiful piece in Shar Gimel in Peri Gimel of of Shar Anava, where he talks about lessons he learned. From, uh, from Rav Moshe Kodavira and from uh, the Arizal. Uh, and he talks about, Umana imlo lekabel yisurim kalim she'en bahem bitul Torah tefillah. 
we have we have suffering. Things get in our way. Annoying things happen. You should embrace them with joy. If they allow you to continue serving Hashem and davening and learning, even if people insult him, insult you, that's an incredible opportunity. When somebody treats you badly and insults you, it doesn't stop you learning, doesn't stop you keeping the mitzvot. It's Hashem communicating with you in the most delicate, sensitive, friendly way. Hashem is giving you a message. He's making things uncomfortable for you. Because what Yisurin is, what pain is, is it, it's caused by the fact that we're holding on to something we should be letting go of. That's when we experience Yisurin. And Yisurin are designed, I'm talking generally, it's obviously that it's not in all cases of Yisurin, but a lot of the Yisurin that we have, the everyday irritations, the insults that we have to endure, the, the attacks on our dignity, uh, the headaches and the not feeling so well and all of these things are we're holding on to something we should be letting go of. Um, uh, I kept a journal. I had COVID at the time when it was still very scary. Um, in, the, in the earlier phases when we were scared, people were dying, people were getting terribly ill. We didn't know how to treat it. We didn't know what it was. It was a very scary time. Some of you also had COVID at that time and you remember what that was like. So I kept a journal of what I was learning through that process. And the most important of, of many, many learnings was that need to let go. Because at that time, you, you didn't know what was going to, you had no control. There was no treatment. There was no anything. You just had to let go. You just had to let go and to realize the world can manage fine without you. And, uh, and it's okay. Just, just, just let go. And, and with, with a lot of, a, a lot of Yisurim, a lot of suffering, there's, there's a need to let go. And it goes more than that. When somebody is insulting you, because that's one of the most, the hardest things to endure. Because that's an attack on one's, on one's being and one's identity. Just physical pain is one thing, but when a person insults and undermines you and attacks your dignity, it's much harder. You should, uh, you should see it as if small, as if Hashem's angel of punishment, or meidu mekatrega lavlamala, is punishing you. And this is the strap he's using to beat you with. So think of this again, in Beisdin, this man who's being beaten by the Beisdin until he says, Rotseani. When Hashem brings suffering on us, all he wants you to say is, I'll do it voluntarily. You know, it's okay, everyone. I get the message. I'll let go. I don't have to hold on to my ego and my pride and the way I things, think things have to be. Because it says it, that, that if a person in Mishle, if a person's ways are good, if a person is a tzaddik, even his enemies will make peace with him. So if your enemies aren't making peace with you, it's a sign that you're not a darkeish. Um, uh, it's not birtzot Hashem darkeish. That's what it means. If somebody's attacking you, it's because something's inside you is not right. That's why when Shimi ben Gera attacked, abused David HaMelech in the most terrible of ways. He called him a murderer. He cursed me, a terrible curse. He knew that Shimi was sent to smite David with his tongue. 
This is Malchus, this is Hashem, this is the Bezdin Shomala beating David up because he was holding on to things he should have let go of already. And I brought the Psukim in, in Shmuel where David says that, leave. He says to, to um, um, Yoav, just leave Shimi alone. Let him curse because Hashem told him to, that he will have to pay for it with Hashem. That's not my business. As I've got to look at it from my perspective. I don't have to judge him. Hashem will judge him. From my perspective, I've got to say, why is this happening to me? And the answer is because it's a message to me. And the Rashi's Chochmah goes on in the next paragraph and says, and listen to what the cursor is saying because his words are probably true. And you've got to get that message. We get very defensive when somebody insults us. How can they say that? Now, just listen carefully because there's truth in what they're saying. And Hashem wants you to hear that truth as painful as it, as it is. So this idea of Kofi Noto Achi is a model of the way Hashem runs the world. It's the way the Beisdin has to treat the, the man who doesn't want to give a get. But it's the way Hashem runs the world when any of us are holding on to stuff that Hashem wants us to let go of. And, and it's the... Uh, it's it's letting go of so many so many things. I was talking to a client of mine last night, a wonderful young CEO of an incredible company, uh, and I taught him the idea of letting go of expectations, even as a CEO of a public company. When they when the market says, "What are your expectations?" Say, and he's he's not Jewish. I said, "Tell the market, your rabbi said, I have no expectations." I know we're, we're living in a period. How can one have expectations? Who knows what will be? I have no expectations. I have a vision of what it could be. And this is my vision. But expectations? Who am I to have expectations? And he said it was the most important thing he'd ever learned. To understand, to let go of an expectation. Because then there's no disappointment. You can have a vision, but if the vision isn't working out, you adjust the vision. If you have an expectation and it isn't working out, then you're disappointed, you're devastated, you suffer pain. An expectation of other people, an expectation of a husband or a wife, an expectation of children, an expectation of the economy, an expectation, just drop the expectations. And then the Yisurim is. A lot of the Yisurim we have is because we've got to say, you're in control. I have a vision, I'll do my best to get there, but expectations, I'm willing to let go. I want to be part of Klal Yisrael. I want to be part of history emerging. I want to play the part you've, you've created for me. On Shabbos, we talked about everybody needs to be a messenger of Hashem. Everybody has a shlichut. Everybody's here to do what Hashem sent him here to do. That's all I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. I'm willing to let go of everything else. I'm not attached to my money. I'm not attached to my family. I'm not attached. Of course, I'm attached, but not in the sense of holding on to it in a, in a gripping way. There are two ways you can hold on to something. You can hold on to it like this, that if you let go, it falls. So you hold tight. And you can hold on to it like this, that you can let go and it doesn't fall. That's the way we are attached to our families, to our people. To we, hold, we hold it lightly. And if it falls, it falls. It's okay, but no, we don't let we don't let it go. But nor nor do we grip it. That grip is painful. If you hold something very very tight, especially if it's heavy, it's painful. If you hold something lightly, there's no pain involved. That's the nature of Yisurin. That's what Yisurin are. That's what Yisurin are sent for. And that's the way we need to respond to them. <laughs>